how we say in uh, 115, buenos dias. So uh, my name is William, and I have the uh, honor of serving God as the Spanish, for, uh, the Spanish pastor for a Spanish congregation, and also now the, uh, the youth minister team leader. I have to get used to saying that. Um, it's such an honor to be able to, um, to just come to, to God and, and be able to be used by him. Amen? So happy Resurrection Day. You say, Pastor, that was two weeks ago. I'm like, for us Christians, every day is Resurrection Day. Can I get an amen? Right? Well, if you're going to give it up, give it up to Ali because that's for, for God. So we have the, um, we're in the middle of this uh, um, series, and my clicker's not working. Oh, that's because I have to turn it on. Ah, there you go. All right, so good. So let's, j let's open up the Bible to uh, Philippians chapter 2. Go straight to the Word. Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to read from verse 2 to 4. You, um, if you're one of those uh, tech, uh, techies, you can go ahead and turn on your, your Bible or your iPad. And if you don't happen to uh, have any batteries, <laughs> you can always follow up with the slides up here in the front. So I'm going to be reading out of the NIV. And uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 2 to 4 says, Then make my joy complete. Be like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and in one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others, not looking for your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We praise your holy name. Thank you. We give you for bringing us this time together so that way we can share the word, we can share each other's love, and we ask for wisdom and discernment this afternoon and this morning. Heavenly Father, we know that you have orchestrated events for us to be here. May this word come alive in our hearts and in our lives. And all God's people say, Amen. Now, God's timing is perfect. Amen? God's timing is perfect. This morning, I have the privilege of sharing the word uh, with you. And I say that his timing is perfect because we are in the Staying in Love series. And today, we will be focusing on Philippians chapter 2. In the Spanish congregation, we, we are going through our series on the book of Philippians. And it just so happens that today is also chapter 2. That is not a coincidence. That is a goddessence. Amen? So in chapter 2, we're going to stay uh, most of the morning there. And see, that's the God that we serve. That is the God that we serve. So if you missed something this morning, you may come at the 115 service, do some catching up, and learn some Spanish uh, along the way. So last week, Pastor Don taught us that love is a verb. Do you remember that? Love is a verb. Say it with me. Love it's a verb. It requires action. See, in order to see differences in our hearts, in our lives, and the lives of those that we love, spouse, fiance, sons, daughters, relatives, and yes, even those awesome co-workers, good morning, and those neighbors, hey, your dog, um, yes, those awesome neighbors, right? See, we need to make love a verb. It requires action. Say with me, love requires action. So if love requires action and we are to think before we act, staying in love requires a plan. Staying in love requires a plan. 
Paul, in the missionary letter to Philippians, writes to a church, Philippi, a, a church that has good doctrine, teaches the word of God, is walking towards spiritual maturity, very loving, prayerful, and generous. Does that sound familiar? It might as well be Avalon Church. Yet he advises in the previous chapter, uh, uh, verse 27, he says to stand firm in one spirit, uh, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. See, Paul knows, he knows very well that there's a prime, you're a prime target. We are all a prime target for the enemy. The enemy's job is to rob, steal, and divide. The church, the body of Christ, without a God-centered plan and continued action, will fall into complacency and even self-sufficiency. Ouch. Worse yet, the body of Christ will end up being divided or in disunity. A church divided will fall. Major ouch. If there's division, there is a lack of unity and a lack of love. So the body of Christ, we, everyone here, we must remain together in the gospel. In one spirit, in order to stay in love with God and even with each other. Love God and love each other. So how do we do this? Because it's easily said and done. How do we do this? I have to admit, quite honestly, and my wife will keep me honest, I can be pretty unlovable sometimes. Some of you had to think about that. Maybe after my first cup of coffee, I'm good. See, God gives, a, gives us a plan through Paul to live our lives as a Christian. Allow me to ask you this question. What is Christian living all about? Now, I'm not talking about Christianity. I'm not trying to define Christianity. I'm talking about Christian living. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. What does, exactly does that mean for us? And how can we achieve, achieve this? We read before in verse 2 that said well, we had to be like-minded, having same love, being in one spirit and in one mind. There must be a spirit of unity, spiritual unity. Even where our physical differences, men, women, tall or under tall, backgrounds, tongues, unity comes from the inside. Unity comes from the inside out. That's one of my favorite uh, worship songs, from the inside out. We are different people, amen? We are different people with different gifts. We must come work together to achieve a common goal. And that common goal is to make God famous. To make God famous in our community. To make God famous in our schools. To make God famous in our families. That is what a Christian living is all about. Represent Jesus well. Much like in any relationship, whether it's a marriage, a relationship with our kids, with our youth, with each other. The only way that we're going to stay together in those relationships and see them grow is by staying in love. Say with me, staying in love. Staying in unity. Jesus leads us and leads us by example of how to achieve this 
impossible task. On verse 6, he says, Who, being in very nature God, we're talking about Jesus here, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. These words I underline because I want all of us to read them together. Ready? He humbled himself by becoming obedient. He humbled himself by becoming obedient, obedient to death, even death on a cross. He humbled himself out of obedience, putting his needs below the needs of others. Value others above yourself. See, that's an example of humility. What a concept. I heard James Dobson from Folks on the Family say this of verse 3. The verse contains more wisdom than many marriages manuals combined. And he went on saying that if we would apply this principle constantly, divorce will be eradicated. Something to think about there. We will all have obedient children. Who wants obedient children? Who wants obedient adolescents? Yes. How about obedient husbands, ladies? Healthy and strong relationships. Church family. The principle applies to any relationship. This is not just about marriages. I learned one time that um, through a, a, some kind of celebrity, child celebrity, that he was, had hired lawyers to divorce himself from parents. I never heard of a child divorcing himself from parents. I didn't know that was possible, but it, w it was. See, the word divorce, when used as a noun, is a legal dissolution of a marriage. When the, word, when the word divorce is used as a verb, it means the separation, the disassociation, the distancing. In other words, the loss of unity from something or someone. We need to make love a verb. We need to keep verbing, if that's a word. If not, it is now. <laughs> and we need to do so constantly with God, with each other, putting their needs first before our own, in humility and sacrificial love. See, it's easy to come to a church building and sit on the same row, same seat, week after week, and not get involved, not serve, but to humble yourself, to give up your time and comfort to help others in sacrificial love, there lies the challenge. There lies the complacency. And I would like to confess, confess something to you, if I may. Many moons ago, I was one of those that would go to a church to criticize. Being cynical, I will criticize the music, criticize the crowd, criticize the pastor. He was my favorite. Yeah. But it was not until God voluntold me <laughs> to serve with the kids one day. My kids were in elementary school, Michael and William. And if you ever had a Michael, <laughs> that name means trouble. 
And if you're a Michael, uh, praying for your family. <laughs> so my kids were in elementary age, and they were active. Let's just say that's a good word. They would not sit still in service. Oh, my goodness. They would not sit still. They would get bored fast. And they would be considered a nuisance, not only to our, us, but to, our, to my wife and others. So one day, I decided to take them to this children's section and saw that there was one person for about 20 kids. She was pregnant to here. She was due yesterday. I felt so bad. So I decided to give up my comfort that day, my, my common routine, and help her. I had to give up being a complacent person, entitled to be in the big room and become Christ-like so I can relate to the kids and my own. And as challenging as it was, God taught me a lesson that day. And it's a lesson that forever changed my life. Giving up of yourself to attend the, to the needs of others. I love to hear testimonies, especially from, from testi local testimonies. It's great when you're there in podcasts or YouTube, but when you have local testimonies, whenever I feel bad or down, I just call Mauricio and go, Mauricio, tell me a story. Come on, bring it, bring it. The man is a walking uh, testimony. Our Mexico and Romania teens, what amazes me most is how Adolescents, our youth, gave up their well-deserved spring break to fly away from their families and comfort and warm weather, in some occasions, to attend to the needs of others. See, that teaches me humility and sacrificial love. That is what Christianity is all about. That is what Christian living is all about. It's not about getting degrees. If you're going to clap, clap louder, because that's for God. <clears throat> See, it's not about, I thought that in, in order for me to be a Christian man, a Christian living man, I had to know everything there is to know about the Word of God, which, yes, you do. However, I was focusing on getting degrees. I was focusing on getting a Ph.D. And i tell you one thing, God doesn't care if you have a Ph.D. or a GED. He wants to use you. And he's going to use you. Those are great. Don't get me wrong. Education, I, I'm all for it. We should always be continuously studying his word and pursue those. If God is calling you to do so, please, by all means, do so. But God wants you to use that knowledge. He wants you to use that knowledge. Loving God and loving others. Staying in love. And I'm going to conclude with this. I know it's a short message, Pastor. Wow, yes. But I'm going to conclude with this because I want you guys to think. I want all of us to think about this. In verse uh, uh, 12, 12 to 16, I have it right there on the slides. It says, therefore, my friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but how much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Let's pause right there. It says, work out your salvation. It doesn't, see, it doesn't say work on your salvation. We are saved by grace and grace alone. Can I get an amen on that? We want to make that sure. It's not by your works. It is by the grace of God. With fear. Fear is the principle of the wisdom of the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 1 says it. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. See, I consider myself a WIP, a work in progress. 
I'm not perfect. Definitely not perfect. My wife can attest to that. My kids can attest to that. But I can proudly say I am a work in progress. God is working with me and in me and through me. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Some of you start laughing. Yes, especially kids, you're here. Go wash the dishes. No, no, no. Without grumbling or trembling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. It continues by saying, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. We are right now, the world out there right now can be considered a crooked generation, a warped generation. The verse continues saying, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life, the word of life, the word of God. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. We, the church, church family, Avalon Church, are only able to fulfill this, our purpose of Christian living, when we humble ourselves, when we put the needs of others before ours. Remain obedient to his word and stay in love with God and with each other as he has commanded. A new command I give to you. We read this last week, John 13, 34. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Those are words that we should be living by. Instead of putting a bumper sticker in the back saying, you know, vote for this person of my, my cat kill your stick figure, which is, cracks me up, stick figure family. We should have love God and love one another. Imagine the impact we will have in our, in our community. Imagine the impact we will have in this nation that so desperately, desperately needs God. It desperately needs the word of salvation. Now, in the um, bulletin, if you got the bulletin, at the bottom, there is a challenge. See, we don't want you walking out of here thinking, whoa, well, that was a great word. I feel good. Comes Monday. What was the word again? We want you to walk out there and be active. Because remember, love is a verb, right? It requires action. So just as the Apostle Paul gave us a plan in the bulletin, there's also a plan. There's a very challenge in the, co in the connect card all the way at the bottom. The fifth bullet point, it says, how, how have you applied Philippians 2, 3 to 4 this week? Now, you can answer there and deposit them in the boxes. Or if you're listening through a social media, you can even comment through Facebook. In fact, I'll challenge you to go back and hear the message once again. And make a comment. Make a comment saying, hey, I, I, I served in this way. I served in my, in my local school. I was able to do this for my neighbor. We would love to hear that. We would love to hear how we are becoming the church, the body of Christ. How, we are, how are we applying this to our daily lives? How are we showing this to our families? How are we teaching this to our kids, to the youth? The church family, I, you, might, you might be hearing this for the first time. You might be here for the first time. 
feel welcome. This is, this is our family. I had the privilege of speaking to Mark and Priscilla this morning briefly, here for the first time. This, this is a church family, so you, you're more than welcome. Uh, we'll give you hugs later on because we love to give hugs, so get ready. You might be hearing this for the first time in a long time, but that's okay. We need to be reminded. We need to, to be we thought of. We need to put things in action. This plan is not for just to stay in a book written. It's for us to live it out every day, not just Easter or Christmas. It's every day. Amen? Whoever has ears, let them hear. Let's go and pray.